Kidnappings in Mexico are a menace plaguing the North American nation. An organization that provides support for victims reported that at least 1,271 people were kidnapped in Mexico in 2022. Many fear this recent one that involves four Americans won't be the last if it's not completely kicked to the curb. Here's what happened to the four Americans kidnapped in Mexico. On the 3rd of March, 2023, a video of four Americans being kidnapped at gunpoint in broad daylight in a Mexican border city, Matamoros, Tamaulipas, was posted on Twitter and eventually went viral on social media. The four individuals, Latvia Washington McGee, Eric Williams, Shahid Woodward, and Zindel Brown were nabbed in a white minivan with a North Carolina license plate shortly after arriving at the Mexican city of Matamaros from Brownsville, Texas. The video showed the four Americans led into the vehicle by armed men. One of the females among the victims was seen forced by the armed men into the cargo bed of a white pickup truck, while two other people who looked unresponsive were dragged into the same vehicle. The kidnap was confirmed and announced on the 6th of March by U.S. law enforcement. The U.S. Departments of State, Homeland Security, and Mexican authorities a 15000 dollar reward was offered for the return of the four Americans and the arrest of their perpetrators. After several efforts from the U.S. and Mexican authorities, the four Americans were found at a house outside the city of Matamoros in the early hours of Tuesday the 7th of March 2023. Unfortunately, according to reports, two of the victims survived the kidnap not without serious injuries, while the remaining were found dead from gunshots. The kidnap and why the Americans were in Mexico. The video released online, information from the investigating officials, and several friends and family members of the victims gave intel concerning the kidnap of these four American citizens. A sister to one of the victims, Sindel Brown, told the authorities that the four individuals had traveled to Mexico for, according to her, the four were all friends and had agreed to accompany one of them who had a tummy tuck cosmetic surgery appointment in Mexico. She also mentioned that her brother had insisted that the quartet not make the trip as they were aware of the current dangers in Mexico, but they proceeded anyway. The day before the incident, a close friend of the same victim who did not want to be identified, told authorities that the four friends booked a hotel in Brownsville, Texas, and had agreed to drive across the border. In another report from the newsman, the mother of one of the victims, Barbara McLeod Burgess, came forth to acknowledge that her daughter was the one who had the procedure and had traveled years before to Mexico for the same procedure. She said her daughter, McGee, is a mother of six. Burgess, while giving her understanding of what happened in the attack, told newsman what she gathered from her daughter, who was still under intensive medical care. A van suddenly pulled up to attack the white rented van the four friends were in with gunshots. The gunshots were directed inside the bus, and eventually all four of them got hit at the same time. The van swerved off the road and crashed. McGee said she watched two of the quartet die instantly. The police were alerted of the kidnap through a report filed by a certain Cheryl Orange, who claimed that she was with the four friends at the hotel booked at Brownsville. Three of the four friends, Williams, Brown, and Woodward, had agreed to drop off their fourth friend, McGee, for her scheduled cosmetic surgery to reconvene with Orange at the hotel later. This was all estimated to happen within 15 minutes of dropping McGee. Orange, who didn't hear from all four, reported the missing the following day. Thanks to Cheryl Orange's report and the video of the abduction that went viral, U.S. and Mexican authorities swung immediately into action in search of the group. The investigation first revealed that they got past Matamoros around 9.18 a.m. that Friday. They lost their way to the clinic where McGee had her procedure scheduled and had been trying frantically to reach the doctor, but could not because of a poor network signal. While still driving around the city, the group was attacked by unidentified gunmen who kept firing at them until they crashed. The gunmen then forcefully loaded them all into the cargo bed of a white pickup truck. Upon arrival at the scene of the abduction, Mexican authorities, noticing the group's van had North Carolina license plates, immediately contacted U.S. officials to join the investigation. Mexican and U.S. investigators processed vehicles, obtained fingerprint data and ballistics, took biological samples to extract genetic profiles, and worked with every surveillance camera footage possible. All these helped the investigators to identify the gunman's truck before launching a frantic search of the abductees across several agencies. Law enforcement had claimed that a search was quite difficult as the abductors kept moving the Americans to different locations to create confusion and avoid rescue efforts. The U.S. Attorney 
General of Police eventually announced their rescue after they were found at a building on the outskirts of Matamoros on Tuesday morning. Horrors of Tamaulipas, the Gulf Cartel. Tamaulipas state is a border city and a major crossing point for people who travel to other parts of Mexico. U.S. citizens who reside in Brownsville or other close regions in Texas frequent the city to get goods, seek medical tourism for cheap medical care unavailable in the U.S. or to visit family members. Over the years, spring breakers flocking to Texas' South Padre Island engage in the two-nation vacation, which is usually a night out held in Matamoros. However, tranquility has recently become a thing of the past in this region because of increased cartel violence. What happened to these four Americans is a depiction of the horrors that have plagued the state of Tamaulipas for the last 10 to 15 years. Tamaulipas, for these years, has been dominated by the activities of the Gulf Cartel, one of the most powerful, notorious, and oldest criminal sects in Mexico. The last 15 years have been filled with the Gulf Cartel being at war with its rivals, the Los Zetas. Los Zetas is an intricate part of the Gulf Cartel itself, and currently the most feared gang to regain its hold over the state of Tamaulipas. The Gulf Cartel, also known as Cartel del Golfo, or CDG, has been in existence since 1984, when a man named Juan Garcia Abrego took control of his uncle Juan Nepomuceno Guerra's drug trafficking business. He struck a deal with the Cali Cartel, founded by the Rodriguez Orejuela brothers, Gilberto Rodriguez Orejuela and Miguel Rodriguez Orejuela, alongside Jose Santa Cruz Londoño, to handle the shipments of cocaine through the Mexican border on a 50-50 profit margin. In January of 1996, Garcia Abrego was arrested and extradited to the United States. However, the CDG continues operations despite his incarceration raking in billions in revenue every year. The cartel's network spread further across the U.S. from Houston to Atlanta, New York, and Los Angeles, without Abrego being physically in charge. Hungry for more, Abrego's successor, Osiel Cardenas Cuyen, seized sole control of the CDG. He rivaled the then-reigning Cali cartel in every way possible, especially in military and political corruption. Cardenas brought out government aides, ministers, and the entire federal police force, including the attorney general's office. He went further to recruit at least 31 ex-soldiers from Mexico's special forces who trained in more sophisticated weapons not accessible to most cartel owners as his security enforcers and offered three times their previous pay. Undoubtedly, Cardenas' vicious and daring leadership pattern kept the Gulf cartel deadly, feared, and at the helm of the drug trafficking business. But, as it is in their world, absolute power can only last for so long. Cardenas was apprehended in 2003, shortly after the United States Department of State declared him wanted and announced a $2 million reward on his head. Cardenas was deported to the U.S. in 2007, and the cartel saw its rollercoaster of leadership afterward. A certain Eduardo Costilla Sanchez took over from him until his arrest in September 2012. Cardenas' brother Antonio stepped in and handled the business until he met his demise in November 2010. A series of leadership went by until Jose Antonio Romo Lopez, Osiel Cardenas' nephew, took leadership of the Gulf Cartel. However, his reign also came to an end after he was arrested twice, once in 2018 and finally in 2022. The Gulf Cartel no longer exists as a single organization. Many factions from the Scorpions, Cyclones, Rojos, Metro, and Panthers have broken out and are now responsible for drug and arms trafficking, migrant smuggling, and other criminal activities. CDG no longer holds the power it once did, and despite the era of Garcia Abrego being long gone, the rival wars over the dominance of Tamaulipas and its extended borderlands seem to be far from over. Media Information on the Kidnap President Andrés Manuel López Obrador of Mexico announced the incident on Monday as a confrontation between groups who have been detained. Without further details, he also had initially said the four Americans had come to Mexico to buy medications, but further investigations showed that one of them was there for a surgical procedure that had previously been done in Mexico based on the documents found inside the car. However, he said that an individual in connection to the abduction is currently in their custody. The Attorney General in Tamaulipas said the Americans were found because of the joint search operations from the U.S. and Mexican law enforcement, but how they were located remains uncertain. 
shooter. The chief prosecutor in Tamaulipas, Irving Barrios, on the other hand, told the media that the shootout at the crime scene was so serious the U.S. consulate at the border had to send out an alert, prompting local authorities to shelter in their homes, had issued four security warnings, warning residents of the rampant drug cartel violence and kidnappings, marking that region of Mexico as a level four do not travel zone. Unfortunately, a Mexican woman died in the shootings that Friday. Barrios further stated that four Americans were found in a wooden shack that was guarded by a man apprehended in the east of Matamoros on his way to the Gulf area popularly called Baghdad Beach. The spokesperson for the U.S. State Department, Ned Price, confirmed that two of the Americans kidnapped at the Mexican border city are expected to return to the U.S. after receiving adequate treatment from the hospital. McGee and Williams are being treated in Brownsville, Texas, with the latter reportedly having been shot three times in the leg. When asked about more insight into the incident and the bodies of the non-survivors, Price declined to reel out more info, stating that the investigation is still in its earliest days and more would be shared from the FBI at the appropriate time. Speculated motive for abduction Conflicting opinions have been thrown back and forth on the motive behind the abduction of these four Americans. A U.S. official said that American investigators believe that the group was targeted by a Mexican cartel and that background checks of the victims show no criminal history of any kind from the individuals. The Attorney General of Tamaulipas, Irving Barrios Mojica, refuted this, claiming that the most viable motive that is being considered to be the motive behind the abduction was confusion and not a direct attack. The Mexican President, Andres Manuel López Obrador, also publicly backed up the Attorney General's stand. He mentioned in his address that political adversaries in Mexico and the United States were intentionally making a scandal out of the kidnapping case, stating in his words that the investigation has to be concluded before any motive can be drawn. In another news conference held concerning the abduction case, a government-sponsored fact-checking agency countered the position of the U.S. official. The agency said that the Americans were not confused for Haitian drug traffickers. The announcer for the agency in a fact-checking presentation featured weekly in the president's daily news conference said, it is false that the U.S. citizens were confused with narco-traffickers. Fake news has circulated on social media about the kidnapping of the American citizens. For example, some suggested that they have been confused with Haitian narco-traffickers or that they were immigrants. Members of the public are yet to know what to believe and are eagerly waiting for what exactly the truth might be. The bombshell. While all hands have been on deck to investigate this horrible incident, a letter obtained by the Associated Press via a Tamaulipas state law enforcement source was unexpected. In the letter, an individual from the Scorpions faction of the Gulf Cartel, allegedly claiming responsibility for the kidnap, tendered an apology to the people of Matamoros, the family of the innocent Mexican woman who was tragically killed in the shootout, and that of the four Americans. The letter read, We have decided to turn over those who were directly involved and responsible in the events, who, at all times, acted under their own decision-making and lack of discipline. The letter further said that those individuals had gone against the rules of the cartel, which was emphatically respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. Another state security official said that five men were found tied up inside one of the vehicles the local authorities had been looking for together with the letter. U.S. and Mexico Bilateral Efforts in the past years, thousands of Mexicans in Tamaulipas have gone missing or have been killed because of the rivalry and violence among the many drug trafficking gangs. However, based on the kidnap of these four Americans and the recent influx of fentanyl into the United States from its southern border, the U.S. and Mexican law enforcement allege that members of a specific faction of the Gulf Cartel are responsible for the crime. Consequently, this has called for expedient high-level cooperation between the two governments to combat drug trafficking and its sub-activities. War has been declared against all factions of CDG. President López Obrador has said that he is all for the bilateral effort, but did not fail to publicly criticize the U.S. Republican-led effort asking to declare these cartels as terrorist organizations. He claims such an action infringes on Mexico's sovereignty. In this endless cycle of rivalry and bloodshed between drug cartels, two innocent Americans met their untimely death, with the fate of two survivors hanging by a thread. Will cartel activities ever be completely eradicated across these giant nations? Only time will tell. Thank you for watching. If you found it engaging and informative, do give it a like and check out any of these two videos to view other interesting content.